0: No other book has so profoundly impacted so many lives as the Bible.
1: Welcome back to Simply the Bible, the Through the Bible teaching program of Pastor Darrell Zachman of Calvary Chapel, Treasure Valley. For the children of Israel, what could have been their greatest success instead was a colossal failure. But there was still hope, if they would learn from the experience and do it God's way. We hope you'll join us as Pastor Daryl continues in Numbers chapter 14 on Simply the Bible. Is
0: there any recovery from a colossal failure? That question is vitally important because so many, many people fail. But some people stack failure upon failure and seemingly never learn. Today we will see the wrong way and the right way to deal with failure. After more than a year of being in the wilderness, Israel had come to the border of the promised land. God had told them to go in and take possession of it. But when they saw the people, the fortified cities and the giants, they lost all courage and accused God of bringing them there to destroy their children. They said that it would have been better for them to die in the wilderness then they looked for somebody who would lead them back to Egypt. But then the glory of the Lord appeared and God threatened to wipe them out. Moses interceded so that the Lord forgave their sin, but because of their unbelief, everybody 20 years old and above would not enter the promised land. Caleb and Joshua were the only exceptions because they wholeheartedly followed the Lord. Instead, their children would inherit the land. We continue our story in Numbers chapter 14, verse 32. But as for you, your carcasses shall fall in this wilderness, and your sons shall be shepherds in the wilderness 40 years and bear the brunt of your infidelity until your carcasses are consumed in the wilderness. According to the number of the days in which you spied out the land 40 days, For each day you shall bear your guilt one year, namely 40 years, and you shall know my rejection. I, the Lord, have spoken this. I will surely do so to all this evil congregation who are gathered together against me. In this wilderness they shall be consumed, and there they shall die. This would be the longest death march of all time. Their children would have to bear the brunt of their unbelief until the older generation perished in the wilderness. Twelve men had spied out the land for 40 days. That was 40 days of unbelief. So now they would spend 40 years wandering in the wilderness. Unbelief always leads to wandering in the wilderness that older generation had lost their opportunity to enter the promised land and there was no getting it back. Verse 36, Now the men whom Moses sent to spy out the land, who returned and made all the congregation complain against him by bringing a bad report of the land, those very men who brought the evil report about the land died by the plague before the Lord. These 10 spies were chosen representatives of 10 tribes of Israel. From a human perspective, they were Israel's brightest and best. They had been entrusted with a great responsibility, but they had led the entire nation astray. Therefore, while that entire generation would die in the wilderness, these 10 men died immediately. Their bodies serving as grim reminders of the high cost of unbelief. But Joshua, the son of Nun, and Caleb, the son of Jephunneh, remained alive of the men who went to spy out the land. If all 12 men were standing together, then only Joshua and Caleb remained standing. Only believers will stand in the judgment. Verse 39. Then Moses told these words to all the children of Israel, and the people mourned greatly. This mourning of the people could have been healing and restorative. Jesus said, Blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. But for mourning to produce a changed heart, it must be over the evil of sin and not the consequences of sin. Sadly, this was not the case. They felt sorry for themselves because now they would have to spend the rest of their lives in the desert. And they rose early in the morning and went up to the top of the mountain, saying, Here we are, and we will go up to the place which the Lord has promised, for we have sinned. It was good that they acknowledged their sin, but it was bad that they were going against the commandment of the Lord. This is a classic example of two wrongs not making a right. The same God who would have watched over them to conquer the promised land would now watch over them, to die in the wilderness. Tragically, the courage they now mustered up came too late. And Moses said, Now why do you transgress the command of the Lord? For this will not succeed. Do not go up, lest you be defeated by your enemies. For the Lord is not among you. For the Amalekites and the Canaanites are there before you, and you shall fall by the sword, because you have turned away from the Lord." The Lord will not be with you. Often there is a fine line between faith and presumption. Some people step out in presumption, thinking that they're stepping out in faith. But faith is always based upon the word of God. And where we lack a specific word of revelation, then we must wait for God's perfect peace to rule in our hearts. They transgressed the specific commandment of the Lord. Whenever we move outside of God's will, we do so to our own peril, for we come out of his protective shield. But they presumed to go up to the mountaintop. Nevertheless, neither the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord nor Moses departed from the camp. Then the Amalekites and the Canaanites who dwelt in that mountain came down and attacked them and drove them back as far as Hormah. Presumptuous sin steps forward but leaves God behind it is futile at best and fatal at worst no wonder David prayed in Psalm 19 that the Lord would keep him back from presumptuous sins when the Amalekites and Canaanites defeated them no doubt lives were lost on the battlefield chapter 15 and the Lord spoke to Moses saying Speak to the children of Israel and say to them, When you have come into the land you are to inhabit, which I am giving to you. Now, what strikes me about this is that there is no further rebuke, even though they had just made a really bad decision. Rather, God looks forward to the nation entering the promised land in 40 years. The prophet Habakkuk prayed, In wrath, remember mercy. Fortunately for us, God is compassionate toward his people. As our lawgiver and judge, he may wound us, but he will also heal us. He may pronounce judgment, but he will also give us hope. David knew something about receiving the discipline of the Lord, but he wrote in Psalm 103, As a father pities his children, so the Lord pities those who fear him, for he knows our frame. He remembers that we are dust. Knowing this gives us the courage to look up when we have been cast down. Verse 3, And you make an offering by fire to the Lord, a burnt offering or a sacrifice to fulfill a vow or a freewill offering or in your appointed feast, to make a sweet aroma to the Lord from the herd or the flock. God gave them instructions for the offerings by fire that the younger generation would offer when they came into the promised land. While they would suffer beneath his chastening hand, the Lord had not rejected his people. By their unbelief, they had delayed God's blessings, but they did not thwart his purpose. Then he who presents his offering to the Lord shall bring a grain offering of one-tenth of an ephah of fine flour mixed with one-fourth of a hin of oil and one-fourth of a hin of wine as a drink offering. You shall prepare with the burnt offering or the sacrifice for each lamb. So with a lamb, they would offer roughly two quarts of flour, one quart of oil and one quart of wine. Or for a ram, you shall prepare as a grain offering two-tenths of an ephah of fine flour mixed with one-third of a hin of oil. And as a drink offering, you shall offer one-third of a hin of wine as a sweet aroma to the Lord. With a ram, they would roughly offer four quarts of flour, one-third of a gallon of oil, and the same amount of wine. And when you prepare a young bull as a burnt offering or as a sacrifice to fulfill a vow or as a peace offering to the Lord. Then shall be offered with the young bull a grain offering of three-tenths of an ephah of fine flour mixed with half a hen of oil. And you shall bring as the drink offering half a hen of wine as an offering made by fire, a sweet aroma to the Lord. So with the bull, they would offer roughly six quarts of flour, two quarts of oil, and two quarts of wine. Thus it shall be done for each young bull for each ram or for each lamb or young goat according to the number that you prepare so you shall do with everyone according to their number all who are native born shall do these things in this manner in presenting an offering made by fire a sweet aroma to the Lord and if a stranger dwells with you or whoever is among you throughout your generations and would present an offering made by fire a sweet aroma to the Lord just as you do So shall he do one ordinance shall be for you of the assembly and for the stranger who dwells with you an ordinance forever throughout your generations. As you are, so shall the stranger be before the Lord one law and one custom shall be for you and for the stranger who dwells with you. You see, when it comes to worshiping the Lord, The same law applied to the native and stranger, to the Jew and the Gentile. This speaks of God's desire to have communion with everyone. This is the missional heart of God, that all nations, tribes, and tongues would worship him. That is why he has entrusted to us the gospel of Jesus Christ. For by faith in him, there is neither Jew nor Greek. There is neither slave nor free. There is neither male nor female, for we are all one in Christ Jesus. Failure is as natural to humans as sickness. It isn't a question of if, it is simply a question of when. But failure does not have to be the end of the line. True, some failures have irreversible consequences, But our failures don't thwart God's eternal purposes. If we will submit to God through failure, if we will look up and trust in Him, we will find that He is always faithful to bring us into the promised land of blessing. Even if we must wait until the next life to do it. Through it all, God wants us to continue to trust in Him for He is the gracious God of comfort and hope.
1: You've been listening to Simply the Bible, the through-the-Bible teaching program of Pastor Daryl Zachman of Calvary Chapel, Treasure Valley. For more information about our church, please visit our website at calvarytv.org. To listen to any previous episodes, go to 941 thevoicecom click on Program Archives, and scroll down to Simply the Bible. Tomorrow we will see that even though it would be 40 years in the future, God continued to give Israel instructions for when they would enter the promised land. Even in his judgment, God remembers mercy. We hope you'll join us as we continue through the book of Numbers on Simply the Bible.